Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? I always am. Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the U.S. uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, everybody listening to Game of Roses can use the code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Brody Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of, of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. It's Friday. That means this is this week in Bachelor Nation. And what a week it was, Pace Case. What a week it was. 
I mean, we will always remember the end of January 2020 gore for what has happened for 4TRR. Season 28, episode 2, portion 10. I'll never forget it. (laughs) The portion. Never forget it. Uh, We'll be getting into that coming right up, of course. Yes, we will. But before we get to it, we must mention two things. One, the Game of Roses Patreon is in overdrive. We've got stuff dropping in that Patreon on an almost daily basis at this point. We're covering (laughs) traders, pace cases. Palapa is covering Vanderpump. We got a new Digging Deeper coming out this Monday. The (laughs) The Palapa comes out when the Palapa comes out. We can't uh, we can't be all we keeping up with Clues' level of output. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I'm simply hooked on traders, as many of you know. I think it is the best reality programming currently being made. And I'm so deep in that pit. Simply hooked on traders. Yeah. I, I mean I am, period. I even put in Clues Corner this week a uh, I listened back to the Death Taxes in Bananas podcast that's Johnny Bananas podcast he had Janelle oh on and I'm look whether you like traders or not I do like it it's good if you do it's better if you do probably but even if you don't that episode of Death Taxes and Bananas is crucially important as we're moving forward in what reality TV is the way they talk about reality TV the games the rules wait we're getting ahead of ourselves well I'm, I'm simply saying It's uh, mandatory listening, I feel like, to that podcast. You don't have to listen to My Clues Corner on it unless you want to, but listen to that episode where where Johnny Bananas has Janelle on just because they do so much of like peeling back the curtain and telling you really like what the production kind of level of that show is and how they used that in their gameplay to try and determine who traitors were and shit. They're very open about um, the game mechanics of all of it and just about like how all of reality television is kind of a game and they're all playing it whether they think they are or not. Shit we've been saying on Game of Rose for a long time. Um, it seems like it's starting to kind of bubble to the forefront now. So I'm happy about that. But we will also mention to you that this week we went on to Black Girls One Rose with Justine and Natasha. And we had a great time recapping this uh, the episode from this week of The Bachelor and also just kind of talking about everything that's going on in the nation and reality TV. <laughs> They're always hilarious. Uh, I love hanging out with them. They're, <laughs> they made a reel that was <laughs> you describing to them what Joey's wet thumb play meant and <laughs> their faces were absolutely, their responses were absolutely incredible. And you just meant when he was wiping the tears from people's faces. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I realize all too late after I uh, turn a phrase that maybe it has a different meaning to most people. Classic. For me, it was purely about gameplay and purely innocent. I assure you. Go listen to Two Black Girls, One Rose. And now let's get into everything that has happened this week for TRR traders etc this is game, game of, of roses. roses state of the game all right so where are we 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 like to check in every week in our this week in bachelor nation with just the state of bachelor reality tv generally i think 2020 gore is off to an insane start i mean we can mm-hmm. certainly say that we saw in this week's episode um evelyn clark a uh, very high-level player, Kringled Joey. Grazie day I'm talking about. Your bachelor. She Kringled him <laughs> yes. a denim jacket. 
Now, we know because we went on her Instagram prior to the season as we do to all the rookies, and we saw that she has this um, business where she makes these denim jackets that can be embroidered with you know certain specific patches and little iconography or of whatever you want, right? And so she made one for Joey that I think had some tennis stuff on it. I can't even remember what else it had on it at this point, because all I remember <laughs> is inside the jacket, she opened it up and showed him embroidered there. There were two giant eyes on the back. You don't remember? And it said, don't wake Joey. Were there really? No. No, it no, did it not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a much higher level player than I thought. But um, inside the jacket, she had embroidered the letters for TRR. And then she uh, continues to to tell us what that means for the right reasons. This is crucially important for a variety of reasons. Obviously, she made this and brought it into the show. But I think one of the bigger parts of this is that producers chose to put that in the show. I mean, the fact that it made the cut is a big, you know, that's a big part of why it's play of the game. You could have tried to do this. I'm sure other readers have. I think so, too. But this reader succeeded. And this is where we're getting into this kind of new era of our beloved game. We know from um, last season, from season 27, Zach Shawcross, there was a player named Gabby Elnicki. The rumor was, and I, I mean, I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but it was reported on. Like this was talked about online quite a bit. Reality Steve mentioned it, I think, that Gabby Elnicki was found reading our book during production. Mm -hmm. That was disappeared it wasn't even made right. reference to. Nobody tried to villainize her for it. Uh, nobody even was like, well, she was reading that book. Nothing. Even though we know everyone discussed it. Yeah. I, I think it was an event that actually did happen. Um, and, and it's rumored also that some other players were reading the book. But whatever the case, the producers of that season chose to completely eliminate it, to erase it from existence. Here, the exact opposite is happening. In one year. What a difference. It's 2020 gore. 2020 gore. But I would also point you back to the tail end of 2023. Charity loss in season 20. We saw the sign at the Mentel All. Opto 2023. Opto 2023 brought us a DLP meme with the letters DLP on screen in the official document. That was the first acknowledgement. First conclusive acknowledgement. The first acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. And we've seen over, over time, you know, Tyler Cameron using our term Huju in an E! Entertainment uh, News interview. We've seen DLP himself saying the word Huju in his Instagram captions, et cetera, et cetera. But this is kind of the first, in my opinion, the, the 4TRR um, jacket is the first time we've seen on screen one of our terms put there in print and then defined. It was like a, right out of our lexicon, just put right into the show. And I think what we're seeing here, it's not just in Bachelor. We saw this in Real Housewives recently, Salt Lake City season three. The end of that season, it's revealed to all the other players, the mm -hmm. other housewives, that the new housewife is actually this woman who started an Instagram account that was basically trolling all the housewives. The producers- This is Monica. They found out she was behind this housewives-focused Instagram fan account called Reality Von Tees, which has been anonymously attacking cast members since March 2021. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's so good and they all had this like parasocial relationship with the account and so the producers were like you know what we should do this season let's get her in the game and they did that and so we're now in this era of reality tv so you think they knew because that's not that hasn't been that hasn't been stated 
How could they? I mean, come on. If Monica is a mastermind, <sighs> how would they know? They knew. There's no way they didn't know. I have to like the the background checks that bachelor players have to go through before they get into the show. It's it's pretty stringent. I have to imagine if you're going to make somebody a fucking housewife, you don't think they look deeply into that? Are you kidding me? We have two in jail. There are two housewives okay. literally in but- prison. <laughs> no, actually there's only Jen Shaw's in prison and but we had uh Teresa from Jersey go to jail for a year. But I think that's why they cast them. They're like, oh, she could go to jail next year. Perfect. Get her in the show. Let's see how that shakes out. I think the same is true with this woman. I think they were like, oh my God, this is the woman who's been trolling all the fucking housewives. Put her in the show. Let's see what happens. But I mean, she's still, she was already somewhat connected to the housewives because she had been the assistant for the one who ended up in jail. Sure. She had worked for her. I get all that, but whatever whether it was purposeful or not it doesn't matter the the fact is no it's still a genius move by monica yeah if that's the case or if the producers put her in the same thing is true social media and commenting on these shows is now starting to get absorbed into the shows proper Mm -hmm. so that the line between uh commentary and social media around these shows and the shows themselves is starting to blur in a very significant way i don't know where that ultimately ends up but it's happening like we have all this evidence of it we're part of that evidence at least in the case of the bachelor and i find it fascinating i think that's incredibly important it's like if we found out at the end of joey's season that daisy was like bachelor nation gossip girl yes exactly (laughs) but that's i think more of this is going to start happening because they find that like it becomes good for ratings or it becomes good for scandal. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying to just put someone in there for a season. I mean, it was good for ratings. They got two million mm-hmm. viewers on this, but Monica's not coming back for season five. I mean, who would shoot with her? Of course. I mean, that's a one and done. You can't really get around that, you know. But the idea that the producers of all these shows are now more open to including the people who are doing the commentary and the social media as part of the mm-hmm. document, it's a stark difference from what we saw, at least in our beloved game, even as as little as just a couple of years ago, where it was like, if you said the word Instagram, you were done. You were a fucking villain and you lose all your followers and all your brand deals and fuck you very much. Now it's to the point where like, oh, this podcast that made up terms about our show, we'll put one of those in the, in the show itself. It's very different now. And mm-hmm. it really only took, look, I don't know how, uh, integral Mike Fleiss was to all of this in terms of like the producer attitudes, but it does seem like as soon as he left, that changed. It does seem like that only because that is accurate. (laughs) You're saying Fleiss was behind the degorification. I don't know if Fleiss was specifically behind the degorification, but uh, he might've had like, you know, a heavy thumb on the scale. Interesting. Or, or his, his acolytes, you know, I, I just feel like as soon as he's gone, charity loss in season, contains basically a DLP meme in the document. And now the very next season, Golden, I feel like was just kind of a perfectly made piece of media. Obviously, there's not any gore stuff in there. But now the first game of the main two games, Bachelor and Bachelorette back, and we've got four TRR in the document. I mean, I'm speechless. I, I'm i like, where is this going to go? Also, you know, we talked about it, but we thought PTC might be the next one. But... Mm-hmm. I I'm so excited. I can't believe 
it's only today is February 1st when we're recording Mm -hmm. this. It's only been one month and so much has happened. I feel like we've seen the integration of like the fourth audience into shows in terms of like Big Brother and even I want to say some Bachelor thing have cast super fans before. Mm -hmm. But generally not the journalists. The only one I can remember is that Betches podcaster who they made like an honorary, um, what do you call it? The death guy, Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper. That wasn't Betches though, I don't think. I think that was Barstool. It was Chicks in the Office. Or Barstool. That guy's name was Trent. Oh, yeah. Uh, And he's been there a couple of times. He was also in the audience of an After the Final Rose uh, with a bunch of people and they made special mention of him. He's pulled a couple of suitcases. That's not quite exactly like I think what's going on with us. That's more of just like fan service. This is something else. It's it's absorbing. I mean, we came up with this lexicon because we were like, or at least for me, I really felt like it was. You don't think it's fan service? Not exactly, because having Trent pull a couple of suitcases is just like, oh, if you know who that guy is, it's kind of like funny. Mm-hmm. It's not defining the game. It's not changing the way we're talking about the game. For TRR is now in the document. I think that is something you're going to see that hashtag now. I think that's something that in terms of like how. Mm. uh the fourth audience interacts with the game and makes comment on it through Twitter or X and Instagram and whatever else, TikTok. I think 4TRR is going to take a little bit of a hold now. Trent doesn't really affect that in any way. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I'm off Twitter, which has been a blessing and a curse, but I'm like, was the 4TRR moment made of, was that made a big deal by anyone except for us? Exactly. No, but it doesn't matter. It's in Mm. there. It is the seed is planted. Now we watch the tree grow. And that may take some years, but like that, the doors open for this kind of thing to happen now across not just Bachelor, like we're saying. It happened in Housewives. The stuff that's going on on this, uh, this worldwide cruise that is basically like a reality TV show is just being kind of made by the fourth audience out of TikToks that people are making on this worldwide cruise. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, a uh, quick explanation is there is this worldwide Caribbean cruise line thing going on and a bunch of people on it are making TikToks. There's like 2,500 people on this cruise. It's almost a year long, this cruise, and people are making TikToks. Oh my God, a year? It's like 270 some days, I think, uh, like a nine month oh. cruise or whatever. So a lot of people are making TikToks about their experience on the cruise and hmm. there is a fourth audience just emerging that watches all of these people's TikToks and talks about the the drama of the cruise. They're compiling them? Where are they compiling these? What do you mean compiling them? <laughs> but like, is someone aggregating, like putting all the videos together? I don't... No, they're, you just follow the people who are on the cruise because they're hashtagging oh. it like worldwide cruise or whatever. I forget gotcha. what the hashtag is. But it basically is becoming its own reality show. They're following everyone on the cruise. And the, the players of this show are not saying like, look, we're trying to make a reality show out of this. They're just posting TikToks. It's the fourth audience who wants another reality show is like, this is a reality show. Let's just follow it like one. So even that Mm. line is now blurred. It's like, you don't even need a production company to fucking make it because primarily in this uh, second wave reality TV really started with the idea that you are going to cast people and put them in a manufactured situation, shoot them, and then make a, a TV show out of that. Yeah. In this case, 
There is no production company or studio manufacturing the situation. The crews did that. So far, don't you think the crews will like take advantage of this and turn it into, you know, get influencers for the next year and all this stuff? I mean, look, I can I can see a version of this where it's like, hey, we're doing a cruise. It's twenty thousand dollars. We're gonna shoot the whole thing and make a reality show out of it and just put mm-hmm. it online. And if you sign up to come on the cruise, you're basically signing up to be in the show. Period. I could see shit like that. Well, what it reminds me of is I have a friend who's very into Big Brother. And yeah. He watches the live feeds, and I tell him I'm watching the show, and he's like, "Oh, you're watching that bullshit, <laughs> like this, the edited show." He's like, "That's nothing," and, yeah. he, and like all the super fans are watching the live feed, and it's like a completely different story, and mm-hmm. you're focusing on all this other stuff. But it's very interesting to me. This kind of like it makes it even more like we are craving that like authenticity and yeah i feel like we're gonna see more and more like 24-hour cameras on people i think so too i mean that's my long prediction for humanity is that we'll have ultimately something called the auto record which will be cameras everywhere recording everything 24 7 all uploaded into a publicly searchable database and that reality shows will just emerge out of whoever's doing the the weirdest shit the funniest shit in whatever the capacity is that it is at your job on a cruise it's called a meritocracy uh yeah i mean i think that's where we're headed that's what social media kind of has has become and the more that people are recording more and more and more things you're going to see people get famous for like sleeping in weird positions or mm-hmm. just doing weird shit sitting by themselves planting their faces into um different types of bread i watched this one woman who that's her thing she puts her face into bread she puts her face into bread and you see kind of what the different <laughs> what the different results are by the way i just watched episode 5 and 6 of the curse mm-hmm. Episode five was my favorite episode all season. This is the one where um, over these two episodes, they're finally starting to film the show. Mm-hmm. And you see just the characters go in and out of like when they're filming and when they're not. And it's, yeah, it is so fantastic and so cringy. I just can't, I'm so nervous of what is going to happen. I will say nothing. I've seen the entire series. I will say nothing until you're done. I know. I know. You're refusing to talk to me about it until I finish it. God damn it. Yeah. I have to. I feel that I have to. I'm very sorry. I don't want to sway you in any way. Have you watched Anatomy of a Fall? Yeah. I really like that too. Agree to disagree. I thought it was the most boring movie of the year. Interesting. Back to reality TV for one moment. What was your favorite? My favorite movie of the year? Saltburn. Yeah. I didn't see Silver. It's probably Barbie. I mean, I really like that movie. All this said, we cannot dismiss the impact that Traders is also having on the reality TV landscape. It is the biggest unscripted show across all streaming networks. It is gigantic right now, exploding, Um, Mm -hmm. absolutely dominating every other reality show, Bachelor included, in raw numbers. As it should be. I mean, I'm I'm deep in the hole at this point of that show, yeah. and I'm going to watch yeah. the first season. I'll probably watch some of the. That is clear. <laughs> I've now watched all your corners for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably try and watch all of them, even from the other countries, just so that I can get a good idea of like what game mechanics are possible with these producers. Mm-hmm. As I'm now attempting to train some players to go into season three. God, I hope you get cast. I don't believe I'll get cast, but I think I'll get some players in it for sure, and I can't wait. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. The the way that you light up when you're <laughs> recapping it is mm. amazing. And when you were talking about how you haven't felt like that since you saw like the WWE for the first time. UFC. UFC. But yeah. Real yeah. fighting. Yeah. No, it's like I'm I'm having like increased heart rate and shit when I'm watching Pilot Pete and be like, oh my God, I hope his strategy works. I hope the traders don't get him. Um, it's it's a fantastic mm-hmm. show. But the bigger kind of, I, I don't want to talk about how good the show is, whether you like it or not. The thing that is true here is this show is changing reality television. Every streaming service is going to have a show like this now, a big aggregator show where they try to cast the biggest celebrities. Like the reason that this season uh, two is exploding is because of the casting. And I've read a bunch of mm-hmm. articles with that casting director talking about how they wanted to do it. Cause I guess in season one, they had some people who are kind of like lower tier and some people who weren't even on reality TV. Well, they won a casting award. Oh, did they? They won a casting wow. award for season one. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, it is absolutely brilliant. And I feel like you do have to have some reality TV knowledge to cast it that well. Absolutely. You have to know who's at the top of the game in these various games and and shows. The good news is there's so much reality TV that has been on for so long, essentially second Mm -hmm. wave reality TV, everything from real world to where we are now, basically, to pull from. So when they have people, like they have a person on there from uh, old school real world, uh, Trishel, I forget what season she was from, but an early one, maybe like season six or something, um, as well as all the way up to Pilot Pete, kind of more contemporary, you know, reality stars. I just think you're going to be able to make this type of reality TV forever because there's so many people that you can mm-hmm. pull from that you want to see back in the game. Um, and I can't wait for it. And I, I truly think that this third wave reality TV next year the amount of shows like this that you're going to see yeah. across all streaming services. They're playing this Trader Season 2 shit on NBC now. 
old episodes of it. They're like, and don't miss Traders episode one and two mm-hmm. on NBC tonight after, you know, whatever fucking show they've got, who's got, America's Got Talent or whatever the fuck. That's how big it is. It went from being on Peacock to NBC is now airing the episodes. And those are different. Those are drastically different. Yeah. Network and streaming. Yeah. Incredibly different. Network is dying. Streaming is thriving. I'm so proud of Popeye. As am I. And he's playing a good a good game. But mm-hmm. that's kind of what we wanted to talk about here in our state of the world. The idea that social media and people commenting on these shows is starting to heavily influence them. Obviously, we, we saw what happened this week in our beloved game of 4TRR. And this idea that reality shows are starting to just kind of emerge out of situations that seem like social experiments. Like if you said we're going to take 2,700 people who are all willing to pay at least $50,000 to go on a 275-day cruise, we're going to put them on this cruise and see what happens. That is a reality show. They just don't have cameras on it. But because the people have the cameras, they do have cameras on it and an audience comes to it. There's a fourth audience just waiting to be fed shit like this. And I think we're going to see a lot more of it uh, in the years to come. And I, for one, am excited as hell about it. I hope the cruise leans into it and just like they do live feeds of some of their security cameras and stuff too. just escalate it. Well, that's what you would have to do from the beginning is you would have to have everybody coming on that cruise sign a waiver that says, you know, we are going to film you and can broadcast that at any time. Right. And then I don't know, then you're really only getting people who are like coming into it to be famous, which is also very interesting. Who have TikTok accounts. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe you're just like, you can go on the cruise for free if you, you know, sign this. Go on the cruise for free. They got people paying $50,000 at the low end. The high end experience is over a hundred grand to have like the better room and the better food. Yeah. But what if they put, what if they start putting celebrities on and stuff? I mean, yeah, I guess they could. A celebrity cruise. Send Popeye on this cruise. We took the 2000 most famous people in reality TV. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Put them on the screws. Like, I don't know if you could get that deep in the roster. Oh, my God. The possibilities are endless. But I I haven't really watched, um, you know, I didn't watch World's Toughest, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, I, the, I think the reason I like Traders, I do like the games. Like, I really liked that bird call game they yeah. did. That was my favorite. But it's the watching these characters, like, lie and investigate and do the social situations that really is my favorite part. Absolutely. It's a very well-made reality show, but I also think, you know, it gets kind of like there's something in Traders that gets lost a little bit in my mind, which is these are reality stars. The reason this season two is so good is because all these people are already gigantic stars. You you know them very well from whatever franchise you like, you know, if you like Housewives, if you like Bachelor, if you like Big Brother, Survivor, any of these, there's somebody there that you're like, oh, fuck, that's a big person. Mm-hmm. But the idea of reality TV is that these are not stars. The whole idea of it is that these are regular people put in these situations and then they become famous through that. You know what I mean? No. I feel like reality TV can have stars in it. No, it does, but they're not like actors. They were not famous before reality TV. You know what I'm saying? They're famous just for reality TV. Yeah. They're cast on these shows as regular people. Like real world, literally, the opening is like, what happens when you take six regular people and put them in a loft and live together and no, 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 no. Then they become famous. That is is kind of in third wave, wave TV, it's gone. Like you have to still be uh, entering into the reality television world through a show like Big Brother Bachelor Survivor, where you're just a regular person applying to get on the show. And if you do well... You become a reality star and then get to go on Traders. 
that is kind of an interesting piece of this uh, to me as well. But could you see somebody off of that TikTok cruise winding up on traders or something? Yeah, I think so. A hundred percent, because I feel like it's like it's basically the American idol of social media. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you could be anyone. And if you pop off on social media, you can filter into these. You just got to have the charisma. Yeah, the big charisma. Well, that wraps up our state of the game. And now we must move on to that portion of our program where we talk about some movements across social media numbers, as well as the ratings of our beloved game for this week, which are very interesting. This is... This week in games. For the second week in a row, our beloved game dominated the field across network television with a 0.55 in the 18 to 49 year old demo. The closest competitor was a new episode of AGT's Fantasy League on NBC, which scored a 0.4, followed by America's Most Wanted on Fox with a 0.28, and The Neighborhood on CBS with a 0.27. And this is great news, but perhaps the most telling piece of information in this 0.55 rating is that it's up about 3% from last week's 0.53. This might not seem that significant, but if we look back through the recent history of the franchise, we see that Zach Shawcross's season 27 had a 10% drop in ratings from night one to episode two. Clayton Eckerd, the ultimate Viking, his season 26 had a 13% drop in the second episode. Matt James, season 25, had a 12% drop-off. Even Popeye Peter Weber saw a 16% drop in season 24. You have to go back to 2018 Colton Underwood's season 23 to see a 12% gain in the second episode to even go in the green direction. I know we have a lot of season left and anything can happen, but the early indicator in this second episode ratings uh, increase leaves us feeling very optimistic about the future of this season, 2020 gore. Now for those crown gains, Joey gained 43.2K on Instagram. Dang, for a total of 294,000 Instagram followers and gained 9.5K on TikTok for a total of 25.2K. It's happening. I think he might hit a million. It's happening. <laughs> Flashback to clues at the beginning of every season. Gary... I think he might hit a million. He did in my heart. <laughs> I'm just saying 43.2K in a week, in the second week of a show, that's huge. No, I mean, we haven't seen a crown. Crown hasn't done that in a while. I agree. I, I don't know. Anyone hasn't done that in a while. It's just feeling good. Dale Moss. Jesus, look at some of these. Look at some of these IG gains. Let's get into these players now. <gasps> Number one on the list is Daisy Kent, your first one-on-one -on -one dater. She gained 90.7K for a total of 152K. You're telling me she's not going to hit a fucking million? She's not going to hit a million? You're telling me she wasn't the MVP of the episode? I'm telling you that, yeah. Look, I have thought about it a lot this week, and I do kind of wish I had given it as a tie <laughs> to Daisy and Evelyn because I'm like, dang, that, this really was historic. I've been thinking about it a lot. Is that your scream from the pit? You're just fucking having regret over your MVP award this week? It is my scream. God, one of them. Yeah. I have. What is that? Um, but I mean, a 90K gain for a player yeah. on a week two? Yeah. What? I know. I mean, she's born for this game. She is literally like, everyone is, she's America's sweetheart. Everyone loves her. I agree. Honestly, it would be better for the game if she got crowned than ring. I guess it's not our choice. <laughs> well, who knows? There's a lot of season left. Let's see. Maybe a crown emerges. We don't know. Second place, Maria Giorgis gained 12.1K for a total of 36.5K. 
Lexi Young gained 3.3K in third place for a total of 8.5K. Fem recipient Leah Kanan gained 3.3K for a total of 12.4K. And the swan song sister Lauren Hollinger gained 3K for a total of 7.7K for that fantastic cake play. Okay, so the gains aren't spread out really amongst other people. It's mostly just a Daisy show. Mm-hmm. Um, top five Instagram chart. Number one, Daisy Kent in that top spot with 152K. Second place, friend of Vin Diesel, Maria Jorgas or Gorgas or... Gorgeous. I don't know how to pronounce this. There are many different variations. Gorgeous. I think it's that. Maria Gorgeous is in second place with 36.5K. Fimp recipient Leah KNN, 12.4K in third. Wet thumb receiver Edwina Dorbor in fourth place with 12.2K. And night one girl, Sandra Rabati, 12.2K in fifth place. I think that'll that'll dissipate. I don't think you'll see a night one player on this list next week. Uh, the top five TikTok chart Hopefully reads as not. follows. Who's at the top of it in first place? Well, you might already know. It's Daisy Kent at 137.1K. Second place, Kira Brush, 118.5K. Third place, Star Skyler, 74.7K. Fourth place, Edwina Dorber, 62.6K. And Jen Tran is in fifth with 22.1K on TikTok. That Daisy Kent shit. I like these TikTok numbers better than the Instagram. I do too. It's starting to come around a little bit. Um, I just, that Daisy Kent is, uh, yeah, it's insane. What accounts for this? Christmas tree farm. Is this spoiler territory? Ooh, it could be. You think? Could be. But in a week, first week like this, even like spoiler gains, you don't see shit like this. No, we haven't seen this shit like this in many seasons. I don't know. 90.7K. I mean, look. For her first one-on-one date. Unreal. It was perfect. Yeah. We got Christmas Tree Farm. We mm-hmm. got Cochlear. We got, I mean, Barbie doll physical attributes. <laughs> <laughs> we got wall play. Okay. Christmas tree farm, cochlear, Barbie doll, physical <laughs> attributes. Okay, these are the things we need. We knew this. This is the brand. You know, Cindy Lou Who. I'm just going back through our charts here. I'm looking at last season. This is season 27, of course. Who got the first one on one day? It was... She also already had a following coming in somewhat. Mm. So, and I do feel like the people tend to follow the ones who have more followers first. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, look, everyone's doing it. Last season, the first one-on-one was Christina Mandrell, you may remember. Mm-hmm. And she put on a bow. What did she get here from? Wow. So is the first one-on-one just like who they think should be the bachelorette? I think so. Yeah. Because Mandrell was Fleiss's pick, right? Yeah, I believe so. And she gained, it looks like, 10K her first week. That ain't 90 Dang. That ain't 90. That's not a Christmas tree farm. Mm -mm. (laughs) She had fucking country music royalty flowing through her veins. That, in my opinion, is better than Christmas tree farm. I know. I know. But they didn't highlight that, did they? I don't Uh, think so. Did they or not? No, I don't think they did. Because it's like, what was in the document, you know? And I would say the... Editing the players to look better is happening more this season than that one. Totally. And I got to say this to any producers listening. I know that like the drama of a villain and a rivalry and all of that goes a long way. I get it. And I know that that's been baked into this from the very beginning. But if I may, if I may, 
Think about doing a season without a villain. Think about doing a season where all of the players mm. are friends and it's very uplifting and you don't use the friend and foe document to stoke <laughs> rivalries. You you know what I mean? Like, let's make mm -hmm. it more like Golden. Golden didn't really have a villain. You had one little butting of heads between uh, Teresa and Kathy, the zip it line. We all know it's famous. You don't think they had a friend or foe document for Golden? I bet they did. I bet they did too, but it was probably harder to get them to... Mm -hmm act on those friend foe lines i just i hate to say this but it's like i kind of think you don't need a villain to make this show good no i don't think you do because if you have the lead mm -hmm. if they are such a catch people will just fight over it you know it's just like that's just what will happen you don't have to force it I feel like they're trying to force a villain at a Maria a little bit. Yeah, they're trying to force Maria into a villain role, and they have now. Taylor was eliminated, which was bizarre to me. They should have kept her around, I think, for the rivalry, but if they wanted that. Mm -hmm. But now they're trying to plant that on Sydney. And it's just, it's coming across weird because I kind of agree with Maria that it's like, what are we fucking arguing about again? And you can feel the producers in the ITMs telling Sydney, like, you better stick up for Medina. You better go out there and, and mark my words. When it comes to the women tell all this season, Sydney, you're getting a script. They're going to want you to start this fight again on the women tell all. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm mm. telling you, don't do it. It's not going to end well. I know, but I feel like it feels like she's being made to do this somehow. I don't know. That, that seems true. Let's move on to that portion of our program in which we discuss all those juicy tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, we have a very important anniversary. The most successful couple in the history of the franchise, Bachelor Season 17's Sean Goldini Lowe and Catherine Giudici celebrated 10 years of marital bliss this week. In addition to a flurry of parasocial plays to celebrate the occasion, Catherine surprised Goldini by renting out an entire movie theater for a private showing of one of the most romantic movies human beings have ever made. Christopher Nolan's Oscar-nominated Oppenheimer. Nothing is more for TR than watching a movie about the development of the atomic bomb. Congrats to Goldini and Catherine on this huge milestone and incredible celebration. I read that and I was like, what? She ran it out of movie theaters to watch Oppenheimer? It's bizarre. Interesting. Yeah. Like, can the kids watch that movie? Maybe. I don't know. Uh -huh. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, booze. A group of Love is Blind all-stars, including Bartiz Bowden, Michael Lucier, Marshall Glaze, and Taylor Rue, returned to the pods to help launch Cupcake Vineyards, new licensed wine brand, Love is Wine, ahead of the season six premiere in a few weeks. In describing the marketing trickery, Bartiz explained, quote, I got to get back into the pods and this time with a script, so I thought it would be a little easier. We essentially got <laughs> well, back into the pods, made it seem like we were dating each other a little bit, but at the end of the day, we were dating a bottle of Chardonnay. Love is Wine is available wherever you get your booze. If anyone out there produces wine, hit us up. DM us. We have some ideas for a Game of Roses wine. Oh, yes. I do. I was... I, I like this play. This is a great ad. I was like, uh, what is going on here? intriguing it got me i i saw i saw the instagram reel and i was like what the fuck i literally made i reposted their reel and was like 
doesn't this undercut the entire idea of the show that you don't know who's on the other side of the wall? I thought it was fucking real. They got me. And then they were like, mm. nope, it's wine. Oh, they got you. Oh, my gosh. You were pace-cased. I was. Mm-hmm. I believed too hard. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, Brian Abasolo is sharing his side of the story following his split from superstar Rachel Lindsay. In response to comments on Instagram, Abasolo attempted to clear up some misinformation by writing, We've been living together for almost three years here in L.A., Not sure why people think we've been apart this entire time. Yes, her career came first, but there were opportunities for her that were smart for her to take, which could have not been offered later. I didn't have anything lined up for me in LA, but we were a team, so I closed up shop, uprooted, and opened a new business in LA. It's not just women who should be expected to sacrifice, but a man can do it too. Abisolo also addressed uh, if growing their family was the reason for the breakup, writing, Rachel did want a family. Things happen as they're meant to happen. God bless. Abisolo filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences earlier this month. He listed December 31st as the date of their separation. And finally, in Bachelor Nation baby news, superstar VIP player Amanda Stanton has welcomed her third baby. I just had a flash of one of your memes of the, the pizzas, uh, uh, the pizza babies. Her first with husband, Michael Fogel, she announced with a series of photos on Instagram Thursday. The images were captioned, she's finally here, white dove emoji 1.24.24 at 1.40 p.m. in room 4-2. Stanton's other two children are influencers in their own right, with her daughter Charlie boasting 23.6K on Instagram, and her daughter, Kinsley Stanton, raking in 25.1K. Time will tell if her new child will join in her sister's parasocial game. And Bachelor Season 22 veteran and BIP Seasons 5 and 6 survivor, Bibiana Julian welcomed her first baby into our dying world last week. Uh, Julian soft-launched a new relationship last April in an IG post featuring her holding hands with a mystery man who we can now assume might be her new child's father, but we can't be sure. Julian announced the new baby this week on Instagram with a post featuring the baby holding one of her fingers with the caption, one week of Roman heart emoji, born one nineteen twenty four. Congrats to Stanton and Julian. Ooh, succession baby. Is that date significant in succession? No, there's a character named Roman. Oh, I see. That's my nephew's name also. Happy birthday to all the Romans of the world and congrats to Stanton and Julian and everyone else who is continuing to add people to the legacy of humanity. Now, let's move on to the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. A lot of strong plays this week. Indeed. Starting with Legacy, the aforementioned 10th anniversary of Sean Lowe and Catherine Giudici. They celebrate it by trolling their children by kissing in front of them on Sean Lowe's Instagram. Lowe performs closed mouth kiss play on his ring winner, Catherine, and says to the child, deal with it, kid. This racked up 1.5 million views. Judici, on the other hand, went full for TRR and posted a 10-slide Instagram of throwback photos to their televised wedding to commemorate the occasion. The caption reads, 10 years. This man and what he has brought to my life are the absolute best things I could have ever dreamed of. 
10 years of not always wedded bliss, but more than that, the reality of a marriage, a partnership of ups and downs where you choose each other every day. We get to do it together. Thank you for our family, for your commitment to me, how much you're eager to learn how to make me somehow happier. Red heart emoji. When we were secretly engaged, I couldn't wait to finally hold your hand. Thank you for never letting go. 104K likes, 1.5K comments. The rookies are not stopping. The professional player pool took charge this week with Voodoo Kringler. Kelsey Anderson making a TikTok about Joey's gaze play to the audio. Stop looking at me with those eyes with a quick cut from her to a close-up of Joey's twinklers. (laughs) 92.K views. Gender is a construct? Under the Chiron, my friends and I waiting on the couch for the next episode of The Bachelor. Bachelor player Jen Tran recreated her own Bachelor season, but she's the Bachelor in a suit tot, and she put all of her civilian friends in gown tots holding roses while they all watch the show in a new TikTok. Main character energy, sister player, taken down by the group date wedding theme, Lauren Hollinger made an incredible TikTok this week recapping her play in the latest episode. To the audio, yep, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. She examines the cake and throws it in the bush, and we see flashbacks to her drinking champagne over and over beforehand. The caption reads, not me having a mentee B on national TV, hashtag FYP, hashtag Bachelor, hashtag Bachelor Nation, ABC, 49.4K views, 2.1K likes. Tattle player Sydney Gordon contributed her own offering regarding her night one play. She shows her telling Joey how she has the record free throws at a Florida bar. Then she cuts to her shooting a bunch of basketballs in said hoop in said bar. The caption reads, no cap, hashtag the bachelor ABC, 13.5K likes, 335,000 views. And speaking of iconic plays, chemistry player Caitlin DeBacker posted a more energy, more passion music video to TikTok that was filmed by a bunch of gown adorned players in the mansion the caption reads getting hyped before each rose ceremony hashtag bachelor hashtag the bachelor hashtag bachelor nation hashtag b28 13.5k views does this signify a loosening of behind the scenes social media plays by players in the season they're certainly delving more into tiktok Tot change player Maria Gorgas accompanied her loud chemistry play with a lip sync tiktok in the second outfit under the chiron what were you thinking with the outfit changed to the audio? I don't know what to think, but thinking doesn't usually get me anywhere anyway, so maybe I shouldn't do it. The caption reads, I was trying something new. Hashtag The Bachelor, 19K likes, 311.5K views. Big numbers for these rookies. Indeed, indeed. But a veteran also got into here, a recent veteran. We're talking about that spelunker. That's actually, I think, a cave explorer. It's not <laughs> just a deep sea diver. John Henry Spurlock made an astounding play this week. Just a deep yeah. sea diver. If he goes into a deep sea cave, maybe that counts as spelunking. He made a reel in which he uh, first clips him playing his mental health PTC on BIP to Cat, and then talks directly to camera more in depth about his depression and it affecting his relationships, and then goes on to further discuss a walk for depression he's planning for March 2nd in Virginia Beach. It's an amazing and inspiring parasocial play and also uses a zeitgeist mental health walk or menti B walk to build community and maybe help someone get out of the house. 14.6K likes and 263K views, as well as comments from heavy hitters in the nation like his BIP cast and even Grazi. 
Depressed Pit in Virginia Beach Rise. Zoe Grazzi and his sister at Carly Monzo, who has 3.8K Instagram followers, made an incredibly four-tier joint. I'm The Bachelor. Of course I'm going to post on social media. I'm The Bachelor's sister. Of course I'm going to fight in the comments. Instagram reel. This garnered 1.3 million views, 72.7K likes, and added on 154.2K views on TikTok. Such a good grazi. Grazi play. I agree. And uh, all of these were great plays. We uh, are not saying anything otherwise. However, there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Evelyn Clark. First, she made a real showing how she practiced to jump the table. 28.3K views on Instagram. Then she posted the jacket. Evelyn Clark's business page is the.genie. J-E-A-N-I-E underscore posted re our double play of the game recipient in a five slide Instagram post. We see all the embroidered details on the Kringle Evelyn gave Joey. The caption reads, my heart genuinely goes into making these. And it really was a special moment for me when I gave it to Joey. Double heart emoji, a moment I will never forget. Hashtag bachelor, hashtag custom, hashtag gift. As one Instagram user commented, it's giving reader behavior. It's giving talented it's giving iconic. It is. I love this. I love to see the 4TRR up close because, you know, it was a little bit small in the actual document. I'm so excited about it. And now I am even more inspired to order a custom DLP one. I mean, yes, agreed. I'm definitely going to get one of these. Ooh, I'm excited. But congrats goes out to Evelyn Clark. Astounding parasocial plays this week. Astounding plays in the document this week. Mm -hmm. Absolutely killing it. Uh, We must also mention a creature. This week's parasocial creature of the week is none other than Braden Bauer's BFF River. In a comedically scandalous video posted by Christina Mandrell, Mandrell comes into their mutual bedroom to find Braden in bed with another woman. No, she pulls back the covers to reveal (laughs) it's just River in a wig. The parasocial power of this couple is now extending to their creatures. Absolutely astounding. Congratulations to Brayden, to Christina, and to River on this uh, high, high achievement. This beautiful award. Congrats, River. Love wig play. (laughs) River looked to to be having uh, a lot of fun uh, in this parasocial play. But now it's time to move on to the final portion of our program in which Pace Case and I descend very deep into the bottom of that pit to issue forth our screams about how our fandom of this show has altered our lives significantly. This is Screams from the Pit. I have two screams. One is a mini scream. Okay. I might have talked about it on our live, but I got a second earlobe piercing this week. A couple of them. Oh, nice! And they were like, "Which one do you want?" And it was a bunch of bunch of bunch of different shapes, you know. But I instantly knew which one it was. It was this little gold crown that looked just like our logo. I was like, "Oh, perfect, Gore lifestyle." Mm-hmm. The second is that I received text from one of my one of my good friends. I've I've known him maybe maybe for a decade, and he said. <laughs> He sent a picture of the 4TRR on the jacket that Evelyn Mm. is gifting to Joey in the show. And he says, 
This is literally the first episode of The Bachelor I have ever watched. And your acronym makes an appearance? Bunch of question marks. Watched is even dramatic. I sat down for five minutes to eat and that happened. Are you always having an influence on episodes? What'd you reply? (laughs) I said, LMAO, this was a historical moment for us. Lol. Only the second time overtly. (laughs) Well, I won't say the rest. (laughs) I would have been like, "Uh, yeah, dude. Every episode has like 10 of these in it. Get with it. Yeah. Well, this is my scream is that I am so like so grateful to the show that this was the five minutes of The Bachelor that my friend saw. And now he's going to think I'm, you know, queen of The Bachelor. That's dark pit energy. That's when the pit is extending its tendrils out into the real world beyond the people who are already in the pit to maybe drag someone else in. It's a new harvest for the pit right mm-hmm. now. I think that's happening a little bit. He's in. He's take, He's taking pictures of his TV. He's already bachelor closing. There you go. He's closing. I love these screams. My scream this week deals with something I've never done before until this week. I've never done this. Gone in the sun? No, I've, I've gone in the sun. You've been there. We've made some little videos of us playing catch in our, our LA Icons gear. I was just joking around. I had to go into the, the daylight for that. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I know. It came too quick to mine. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It was me. I just remember getting out of the car on that day and being like, ah. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, that nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I like hiss at the sun like a vampire. No. Since we've started this podcast, Pace Case, mm-hmm. I have only ever watched The Bachelor in this mode. Computer in lap, taking copious notes, pausing, rewinding, <laughs> you know, watching it professionally, let's say, right? I thought you were just going to say computer and that kind of summed it up. Yeah. Um no, I mean, it's like, you you know how it is. You you watch it in the s- same way that I do, I feel like. And it's, um, mm-hmm. you can't, I enjoy it. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it, but you can't enjoy it in the same way that you used to when you just sat there and watched it. Mm-hmm. So I did do that. Yeah. I'm not eating pizza on your couch. Exactly. I'm just simply saying that I haven't been able to watch the show as just a kind of like layman fourth audience member where I'm not taking notes and I'm not thinking about every shot that they're putting in there and how it's edited and all of that. I haven't been able to do that in a long time. Well, because this week um, we watched it a little bit early so that we could do our recap, I went back on Tuesday and rewatched it pleasure watch style. I just watched it. I didn't take any pictures. I didn't write any notes because I wanted to see none. I just watched Whoa. it as a TV show. Because that episode, I think, for me, will be the most important episode in the history of this show because mm. of the 4TRR. So I was like, I just want to watch this. And so I just sat down and I fucking did it. And it's the closest I've ever come to crying at watching The Bachelor in my entire life. What? The pleasure of it. Why? Because it oh. took me right back to like just being... I won't say innocent. I don't feel that I've ever been innocent watching this show. I've always kind of been skeptical of like the production and all that type of stuff. But there was something about like just getting the pleasure out of like how good the material is now. It was like watching it just like somebody watching a show they liked, not watching it from an academic perspective Mm -hmm. or a game mechanic perspective. And it was fucking great. Like the show is good again. Yeah. You're like, the show is good. Yeah. That's a good scream. The show is good. Good at job. Yeah. And now I'm like, do I have to do this every time? Do I have to watch every episode twice now to get the pleasure out of it? Mm. I'll do it. Guess I have to. I 
don't think you have to. Well, I might want to. We'll see. I think you could try to get a little pleasure while doing the first watch. (laughs) (laughs) Usually in the first watch, I'm like, my eyes are gigantic. I'm like gritting my teeth. I'm just like furiously typing. I think it's possible. I need the transcript first in order to be able to pleasure watch it. No, I do that as well. Let's move on. We have one more scream. If you listen to this program with any regularity, you know how this works. We take a scream from the pit here on this show and we play it for everyone. You can submit your own screams if you go to patreon.com slash gamerosas, join us in the bottom of the pit, get on that discord and fire off a one minute or shorter audio clip to the screams channel. Dark Seeker collects them all, memorizes them all, listens to them all in a constant loop and then and then sends us uh, the best ones here. Today we have one that comes to us from a user named Kate. G-G-G-G-G. We're going to take a listen right now. Here we go. Hello, Pace Case, Bachelor Clues, and Dark Seeker. On January 3rd, I gave birth to my first baby, my daughter Joan, unfortunately not named after the uh, Golden Bachelor contestant. There was a point in my labor where I was in the bathroom. It's a common spot to hang out while you're laboring and was about to say something to my husband. I'm not sure what, but it started with when I, and then a switch flipped in my head and I was suddenly embodied by none other than the great one, Nick Vial, because I ended it with was the bachelor and then proceeded to be Nick Vial until my next contraction came on. Um, I do think that his competitive spirit came through to me and helped me deliver this baby without an epidural. And I recommend this tip to Natalie Joy when they are delivering their first child. Praise be our beloved game. Wowie. This scream, you need to, this is so comedic, this scream, you need to put on a one-woman show. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. I wish there was a video of it. I know there's probably not, but holy shit, can you imagine? You're in one of these these moments of your life that is like life-changing and there's so much surrounding uh, having a baby and you're also in physical pain and you're going through a, mm-hmm. a physically traumatic experience and it like all of that and she really paints the picture it all disappears in a, a single flash when you just hear the words when i and then the only thing that can follow in your mind is was the bachelor i feel like <laughs> we should apologize <laughs> what apologize no look i always find it uh for what it's worth, I've been through some medical procedures in my life that were not very fun. And uh, for what it's worth, PTC. Yeah, my PTC. I have always in those situations tried to make the doctors and shit laugh and and done like crazy shit to just kind of like lighten the mood because I know it's like, you know, it can be like horrifying to be in these situations. I'm not saying childbirth is exactly that, but I always find shit like this to be. It can be horrifying. <laughs> incredibly helpful. Um, but I love this scream. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Kate GGGGGGG, for sending it in. So good. This is one of my favorites. It was just such good storytelling. It was quick to the point. It was, I felt like I was there and it was so funny. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And congrats on your dome. When I was in the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. And um, it's a great story that I'm sure you will have to tell Joan at some point. When I was giving birth. (laughs) When Joan is old enough to understand words, um, maybe tell Joan about this and then go into a deep, deep explanation of who Nick Vial is. Yeah, play this for Joan. (laughs) When I was giving birth to you, Joan, I was on the toilet, you say. (laughs) Oh, my God. That wraps up our show today. Again, if you want to send your scream to us, please 
do so by going to patreon.com slash game roses. Get on that discord, send us your one minute or shorter audio clip. And before we go, I do want to mention one thing. Um, we have mentioned there's an LA viewing party for the pit out here for mm-hmm. uh, bachelor. I believe that's still going on, but I also got a DM from somebody who has one going on in New York. Mm. So if you're in the New York area and you want a, to go to a pit viewing party, I have the details here. It's at a bar called syndicated 40 Bogart street in Brooklyn, New York, February 5th viewing starts at 8 PM arrive early to mingle and claim seats. Look for our sign for the pit. So there you have it. We've got some New York influence doing some viewing parties. Where's the LA one? I, I'm not sure if I can remember. I'll just put this out too, blanketly. If you have a pit viewing party in whatever your city is, just DM it to me. DM it to Bachelor Clues. Uh, happy to repost and all that kind of stuff. Spread the love. Aww. So so 4TRR. Indeed. Aren't we all at this point so far for TRR now that we've seen it reflected mm. back at us through the document? Um Thank you again to Evelyn Clark for everything that you have done in this week. And we will be back on Monday with a brand new Digging Deeper. There's a lot of insane stuff going uh, all around the Bachelor Nation universe. Uh, I read an article that said Nick Vial, his Vial Files is the meet the press of reality TV Mm -hmm. on Vulture. They said this. Uh, I don't know if I agree, but nonetheless, we're going to have a great Digging Deeper for you on Monday and uh, onward and upward from there. But before we go, as always, Pace Case, what is that Dwabat? It's been 7,984 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in... Um body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine, tighter skin or your money back. 
Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, (laughs) and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura Frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.